We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Good to be here. Well, do you know, it's awesome. I realise it's the first time back in this room for, I think, 18 months or nearly two years for me. So it's so good to be here. And thanks for coming down. So, so far in our series, we have been looking at how we can love, serve, and pray for one another. And today we're looking at another one another, and that is to forgive one another. And what the Bible says on how we are to live with one another is not just a series of shoulds and oughts. Who who hates shoulds and oughts? They are not good. We don't need shoulds and oughts in our lives. And they're not guilt trips from God either. But they are in fact invitations to live radical lives that reflect heaven's plans for us. They're opportunities to live in a way of right relationship with him in heaven and with one another here on earth. So these are really important. Now, we intentionally started the series with the most important command that Jesus gave to us. I wonder, any of the children, what is the most important command that Jesus gave to us? Anybody shout that out? I'll let you know. It's love one another. Love one another. Well done. Some slightly older children. That's all right. So this is so key because actually every other command is understood through the lens of love. Love guides us. It directs us. It's the plumb line and the reference for all our behaviors and actions. Because God's nature is love. It's unconditional. It's never-ending. It's lavish love. And this is the love that T and Abby and Megan and Sarah and Henry have discovered. They've accepted and they've allowed to transform their lives. I'm really excited for them as we celebrate today that they've discovered that love. Jesus' death, his life, his death and his resurrection perfectly displayed his love for us. Romans 5 verse 8 says this, Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, God's love for us compelled him to act sacrificially, to give his only son for us. You see, God didn't wait until we said sorry first. This is incredible. He didn't kind of wait until we really demonstrated that we were sorry. Instead, he didn't hesitate and he forgave us. He made the first move. Forgiveness is an action. We've got some slides up behind me that I find really helpful when we look at the condition of our our lives. You see, whilst our selfishness, our bad choices and our rebellion leaves us separate from God's love, when Jesus came and lived and then died on a cross... He made a bridge back to the Father's love. All our sin, our mistakes, and our messes, they're washed clean. We are forgiven and accepted by the Father. Back in right relationship. And we're given a life of purpose. And we're given the hope of heaven. When we receive God's forgiveness... 
It is a done deal. We're free. Do you know, there's an amazing lady called Corey Tamboom, who was a courageous Dutch Christian woman who hid many Jewish families during World War II. And she suffered immeasurably for it. But she spoke this about God's forgiveness. She said, when God forgives our sins, he separates them from us as far as the east is from the west. Buries them in the bottom of the deepest sea and puts a sign up for the devil saying, no fishing. I love that. No fishing. These things are buried. And these five amazing people that we're baptizing today are going to be symbolically showing in the physical what's already happened in the spiritual. The washing of the water speaks of that cleansing power of Jesus. And it reminds them as they go down into that water and then comes up again that they leave their sin there. It's buried and there's no fishing. It's left out of sight. And better than that, these five also then get to taste the incredible power of forgiveness in their lives. Because it's not just about what happens in this moment, it's what then gets released into them. I love this because forgiveness gives us freedom from shame. Forgiveness lifts the weight of guilt and leaves us with a cleansed conscience. And forgiveness gives us a pathway to reconciliation. It opens up that opportunity to be reconciled with God and others. You know, I actually believe that forgiveness also generates health in our thoughts and our bodies. And forgiveness leads us to connection and away from isolation. It releases inclusion and embrace. And it allows you to make the choice to pour grace on others' lives. And you know, it's not just that. You see, forgiveness has a ripple effect all through our relationships. There is a flow of forgiveness initiated by God and then released through us to others. I love this scripture in Colossians 3.13. It says this, bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So also you must forgive. Wow. And that's the command, isn't it? That's, that's the command. But it comes from a place where God's forgiveness has been released in us first. I just want to say, though, because we can get hung up on this, because forgiveness does not ignore the reality and the impact of pain hurt or injury that others have done to us. It doesn't mean that what they did to you was right or that they get off free. Forgiveness does not mean you give up all your rights, but forgiveness frees us to live a life that is not defined or held back by these past hurts or lived in boxed by pain. You see, our example is Jesus, who on the cross, whilst he was suffering, whilst he was dying, he forgave the very people who'd put him there and had hurt him. 
And as Jesus hung there on the cross, we don't see a man who was stuck, but we see a man who was free, free from bitterness, free from rage, or free from the desire for revenge. So Jesus commands us to forgive because of the impact of unforgiveness that is so damaging to us. See, unforgiveness builds a wall. It will block the love of God from our lives. And it inhibits our ability to connect with others. In a place of isolation of unresolved hurt, there can be a, so, there can be a seed sown of bitterness that would grow and strangle our hearts. Ultimately, in unforgiveness, it's we who become imprisoned, not those who've hurt us. Unforgiveness also holds others at a distance. Now, I know, probably about like you, that over the last 18 months, there's been so many opportunities for us to find ourselves perhaps at odds with other people around us. You see, the lack of proximity has meant we can wrongly interpret others' actions. We can stop pursuing relationships with others, and empathy is so easily lost. When I've held on to unforgiveness in my heart towards those that I live with or do life with in our community, you know, it warps my perspective of them. I can stop believing the best of them and their motivations. I lose grace for them and I become judgmental. I lose trust and I close my heart to connection. Now, played out, played out over time, unforgiveness has a devastating consequence on our relationships, and ultimately on the state of our soul. So that is why Jesus warned against it. And so instead, we've got to recover the wisdom that we find in Scripture. And in Ephesians 4 verse 2, it says this, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Today's an important day in the British calendar and around the world as well, where we mark Remembrance Sunday. It's a moment to remember the sacrifice of others that they made for our freedom. And I was struck again by this fact that World War One, the World War One armistice came into effect on the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month. And we often use that phrase, don't we, the 11th hour, to kind of denote a rescue or deliverance from danger at the last possible moment. And I was just thinking about today, and I was thinking maybe for some of us right here, there are some situations in your life where you need to receive forgiveness or release forgiveness to others. That it's an 11th hour moment, because there's some broken relationships where you need to forgive others. There's painful situations and personal hurt that's been impacting you for years. Maybe it's even felt like a war that's raging in your life. So I just want to declare that there is 11th hour grace today right here for you. The power of forgiveness extends right to the end. There's an opportunity to make that bold first step into no man's land, as it were, to extend forgiveness to those who've hurt you today. 
I just wanted to share a, a quick story of the impact of forgiveness from one of my small groups. So we're just going to watch a quick video and listen to my friend Jackie. Hi, my, my name's Jackie. And my story of forgiveness really starts four years ago. I was reading some books about the Father's heart for me and going on a journey of discovery, really, uh, in a, just a refreshing of my relationship with God in a new way. I um, And I realised through that, I read a story about a boy who had turned his heart away from his parents because of a hurt he'd received. And it just meant that he shut them out a bit emotionally. And uh, he asked for their forgiveness. And uh, I realised that I needed to do the same. Because my growing up, I uh, as a teenager, I became very rebellious towards my parents. I felt hurt, I felt unloved, but I pushed them away. Um, uh, became very rebellious and then um, didn't do as I was told and eventually ran away from home, became homeless and I didn't go back. But it was because I'd, I'd hardened my heart towards them, I pushed them away. And I went on a journey of asking for their forgiveness for that. So first I went down to my dad and stepmom in Oxfordshire and I spoke to them separately and I explained the story to them and asked for their forgiveness. My dad gave me a big hug and said, call me a daft bat. But something changed in our relationship from that day. My stepmom cried because it was so significant to her. Um, but most of all, it was significant for me in terms of my relationship with my mum. So at the time I worked part time and I was uh, doing some caring for my mum because she's going through a period of a lot of change after having broken her hip and learning to walk again and moving to more uh, supported accommodation um, and a number of things have changed in her life. It was a big time for her and, you know, so serving her um, in caring for her was something I wanted to do. But I was beginning to find it hard. I mean, um, I wanted to do this, but I started to find excuses not to do this, to be away from my mum. And I was trying to understand why I was doing this. But as I... I decided, I went to her and I explained my story to her and I asked for her forgiveness um, because I had shut my mum out when I was uh, a teenager, um, turned away from her. And there were lots of tears on both sides, but there was just such a transformation in our relationship and a deepness. And it meant that the um, whole thing of caring for my mum became a joy. It wasn't a burden anymore. It just became like light and I was just able to do it and I wanted to do it. So that's my story. Here's Jackie. Awesome. I asked Jackie to record that and share it today because forgiveness is so amazing. It makes a way. It reconnects hearts and it reestablishes relationship. And I just want to take inspiration from Jackie's story this morning and end with just some practical suggestions, some steps that any one of us can take to forgiving one another. So firstly, the very first important thing is to decide to forgive. Decide to forgive in your heart. It's a choice to forgive. It's not an emotion, though emotions might be involved. But fundamentally, it's an act of obedience to Jesus' command to forgive one another. And number two, you need to acknowledge the hurt. You don't need to be, uh, this isn't a surface level thing. This, is, this may draw up deep things. But be specific. What 
were you hurt by? Who were you hurt by? What was the impact and how did that make you feel? And then thirdly, release it to Jesus to actually forgive, to release that person, release any sense of entitlement and claim over them, any sense of um, that you're in the right and they're in the wrong, to release it to Jesus, to put it at his feet. And then finally, to receive the power and the revelation that God wants to show you about this personal situation in exchange. Those are really helpful steps that I've had to go through innumerable times, innumerable, innumerable times in my life. And you know what? We, we will always continue to have to find pathways to forgive others. But it is so worth it because it releases us into freedom and back into relationship. So I just want to end with saying, if you are stirred this morning, if God has been speaking to you, maybe you feel disconnected from God. Maybe there is a disconnection there, that there's that gap. And that, that bridge that Jesus made on the cross hasn't yet felt like a reality in your life. Just want to give you a moment to reflect on that. Is Jesus offering you that bridge of connection back to him this morning for the first time? Or afternoon even. And also, if you need to forgive somebody, maybe just take a moment. Just check your heart. Is there anything in your soul that you need to just clear out of the way? Because unforgiveness is so devastating in the long term to us and our, our hearts and our relationships. And so I'm just going to leave you with a prayer on the screen behind me. And then there's also copies of this prayer under sort of every other chair. And this is just a simple prayer that allows us to go through those steps. And you can take that with you. And if you feel like, I'm not quite there, Rich. I'm not quite ready to release and forgive that person. That's okay. But I just wanted to start with one thing and just say, Father God, is there anyone I need to forgive? And just listen. See if anything comes up in you. And, um, and there's the steps you can take to do that. So we'll just give you a moment to look at those words on the screen. And take your way through those steps. Or, look at, or take it with you on the paper that is under the chairs. Um, I'm going to hand back over to Joe. And we continue into the rest of this afternoon.